Hi, thanks for coming. Today's podcast, we're going to be learning about praise and worship and the victory that Jesus already established by none other than songwriter Phil Driscoll uh, that I've been worshiping and praising God with him for years and years. Please listen up to a genius and what it is to have victory in Christ Jesus. Here's Phil Driscoll. This is about 40 minutes of a YouTube recording of him. What can you do with a sentence? There we go. In any battle in the natural realm, there's always a sound that's made when you win. In other words, in America, we play football, we play basketball, we play baseball. No matter how big the event is, it's easy to tell who winning by the fans because the fans that are winning will always be loud they'll be boisterous they'll be radical people that are losing the team that is losing those fans they're silent you've been to games where regardless of the game you'll see the players going like this they're looking for sound to propel them into a position of victory that's the law okay but in the spiritual realm, it's very much a law. See, the laws of God are, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. If, if you're on planet Earth and you drop this, the law of gravity says that hits the desk. Because gravity is a physical law that has been around since the beginning of the world. Okay? The laws of God, see, the law of praise was established before the world was. So when God established praise, it wasn't for his benefit. Because God will not go broke or ever lose whether or not you praise him. But you will. See, because praise is the rocket fuel for victory. It's what establishes your victory because it's the higher level of faith that exists in the earth. So, in the Word, we call those things that be not as though they were. You could say we sound those things that be not as though they were. So if you're in a position, regardless of your battle in this life, no matter how tough it is, if you get the bullets of God's Word, if you get from the Word that you're born to win, that you're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves you. If you get a hold of that, if Peter could walk on water from one word from Jesus, what can you do with a sentence? If it says no weapon formed against you, then you can take that, that sentence and say, no weapon formed, this weapon, whatever it is, whether it's lack, whether it's disease, whether it's depression, no matter what it is, you can say this is not going to prosper in my life. And then you can begin to give God praise in the middle of a time you feel like you're losing. And, and sound exactly like you would sound if you had just won the whole thing hands down. See, that's the law of praise. And that's, you know, the, the, the devil is really slick. He knows if he can only, if he can get you where you only praise God in church, he'll win six days a week in your life. But when, when you understand that praise causes a force field 
around your life that causes you to be invincible to defeat, causes you to be victorious regardless of what's going on in your world or in your life, then you won't have to wait to praise God until you come into an assembly where they are. Really, the assembly is just where you practice. It's like boot camp. If you're a soldier, you go to boot camp to learn how to fire your weapon, to learn how to be a soldier, right? You don't, you don't go through boot camp and go to war and leave your gun. No, you take everything you've learned, and part of God's arsenal for sure is praise. That's the, the beginning. And, you know, there's a, there's a verse in, in the Word that, that is, is really, really powerful to me. And it, it, it talks about how that when, when we praise God, you know, it says, As the refining pot is to silver and the furnace is to gold, so let a man be in his trial of praise, ridding himself of all that is base or insincere. For a man is judged by what he praises and of what he boasts. And I'll tell you, this, this, this verse has probably changed everything in me in my life. Because if something bad happens, what's the tendency? Well, what is the tendency for you to do when something bad happens? Human nature. You go, oh man, I can't believe this happened. Maybe, you know, I cannot believe this has happened to me. And you, and you begin to re reiterate the bad, right? Because if I, if, I, if I were to push you, Francis, you'd come toward me, you'd resist it. There'd be, a, if for every action this way, there's a reverse action, right? So when you understand that the devil knows that, he knows that if if he can get you to sound, say, to sound like the problem, he can keep you in the problem. And see, in a as a musician, we have what we call loops, right? And a drum loop is simply a rhythm that has no beginning and has no ending. So you put it in a loop. And if you say... Hey, man, I can't believe what's happening here. I can't believe what's going on. I cannot believe, I can't believe what happened to me. Well, you just created a loop, and it causes you to just be able to live in the loop, see? But if you know what the Word says, that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper, then you can say, hey, man, Lord, I just want to give you praise because I know that I'm going to win because it says in the back of this book that we win. It says no weapon formed against me can prosper. So I can go, hey, God, I just want to thank you right now. And I begin to see myself not in the problem, but by faith I see myself where God's word says I'm going to end up. And then I begin to sound just like that instead of sounding like the problem. That's the law. And once, once you get... Once you get a hold of that law, it'll change. It'll change everything in your world. Here it is. It's in, it's in Proverbs 20, 27, verse 21. In the King James, I mean, I like King James, but sometimes the these and nows get me, uh, get me off a little bit. So I like to amplify it because I like it loud. 
and the Amplified Version sometimes is loud to me, right? It says, as a refining pot for silver and the furnace for gold, so is a man to his praise. But in the Amplified, it says, as the refining pot for silver. What does a refining pot do to silver? A refining pot is hot, and it takes all the impurities of the silver, and they come to the top. You can just brush them off. But what, what remains is pure silver. The same thing as the refining pot for silver and the furnace for gold bring forth all the impurities of the metal. So let a man be in his trial of praise, ridding himself of all that is base or insincere. For a man is judged by what he praises and of what he boasts. So what this verse this is such a power. If you get this one verse, it'll change your life. What this verse in Proverbs 27, 21 is saying is that what happens in heat, you know, if things get hot around you in a battle, or you get in a war, or you get in what, whatever kind of confrontation, right? What happens? What happens is you begin to get agitated. And you might say something that's wrong, or you might feel something that's wrong. You can't base your, you cannot base your walk with God on what you feel like this minute. You can't do it. It's like me in the trumpet. I have learned that I do not base myself on anything that I feel here because I know my feelings are lied to me. I base myself, I base everything I do in my plane on a position. I know if I can get in that position, the highest note is not impossible and the lowest note is not. And I never get tired. You follow? So in this word, it says, the, the heat bring forth all the impurities of the metal. So what you do when you put gold in a furnace, you expect and you know that the heat will bring all the impurities to the very top and you just brush them off, and what you end up with is pure gold. And in silver, what you end up with is pure silver. So when you see that, this verse says, let a man be in his trial of praise. In other words, what you're going through, let what's coming out of you be praiseworthy because a man is judged by what he praises and of what he boasts. When you think about it, there's a verse that I tie to this, and it's Psalms, it's Psalms 12, verse 6. And I never saw it until not very many months ago. But in Psalms 12, it says, Thy word, the words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. So, what this is saying is, if, if you broke it down, it's saying God's words are pure faith. Pure faith. And then it says, as silver is tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. So, think about putting that silver in a furnace seven different times and making sure all the all the junk is out, right? Well, when you realize that this verse is telling you 
you're judged by what you praise and of what you boast. It says, if you're going through a trial, and we all go through trials, man. I don't care who you are. You might be the coolest guy on planet Earth. You're going to go through stuff. You might be the most beautiful young lady. You're going to go through stuff. Because that's, we live in a world that is fallen. Now, when you realize that when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you get a license to rise above all of the problems that the world has to offer, every single one of them. You have a license to ride in the high places of the earth. You, but it doesn't happen just because you have the license. I can have a license. I got a license right now to fly many different jets, right? But if I don't, if I don't get in the jet and I don't do the procedures, it doesn't matter what, what this license says. It's like having $10 million in the bank but never writing a check. You don't have access until you do the procedure. And the procedure to walk in victory is found in this word. Because the sound, see when, you remember when Joshua was walking around Jericho and God had told him, take the city. Well, he didn't have the power to take the city in his own right. But he took the word of God, and a lot of people don't talk about this, but they blew, see the ram's horn. You, you talked to me a little bit, Francis, about the ram's horn. When you realize, see a ram's horn, and I play them, I've only recorded one song, but I've thought about doing a whole thing with it. The ram's horn is to, to come up with what you look at as the ram's horn. It's put in a lot of heat. And the ram's horn then is twisted. Right? Because the ram's horn was thought by the Jews to be God talking. Right? And so, when you read Jericho, see... The sound, there's so much. Probably the thing that blows my mind the most in this whole thing is the power of the sound. See, Francis, are you married? Okay, well, I'll tell you, I'm married. So if I say to my wife, I love you. Well, I said I loved her, but there wasn't much heart in the sound. There wasn't much engagement. See, you can you can you can you can talk about a lot of things. You know, you know it's great weather day, you know, man. That thing's cool. You know. I like the roof. I mean it's a little cloudy out. But I'm not I'm really not engaged. It's almost idle conversation. Right? Because idle means there's no heart in it, right? So when you realize that the sound, see, it's not what goes into a man that defiles a man, it's what comes out. But you've got to realize that the eye gate, the ear gate, are the ways that Satan uses to affect your heart. I don't care how great the word is as priests or whatever church you go to or however you're fed spiritually, if you do not put a guard over what you look at and what you hear, you won't, you won't ride in the high places with God. Because, see, 
God doesn't have anything to do with strife, with confusion, with fear, with pain. He doesn't live in that realm. See, that's a that really to us is an earthbound realm. And the only way you rise above it is by faith in him and purposing in your heart to see yourself above and not beneath. So does that make sense? But the way you sound has everything to do with it. I'm telling you it has everything to do with it. I remember when I was like, you know, 19, I could play double high C's, which is a real hard note to play on the trumpet. Very few people do it. And then it sort of, I sort of like lost them. I lost, I didn't play up there, so I sort of lost it. There's a big lesson. If you don't push where you are and where you want to be with Jesus, you'll settle for second or third or fourth best. You won't. There are a lot of people that have a relationship with Jesus, but they, they've given up winning every time. They've given up being above and not under. They've given up being the head and not the tail. They just sort of, they sort of live status quo. Well, we win some, we lose some. No, that's not. The word never says you're going to lose. It says, now thanks be to God who always, not sometimes, causes us to triumph. See, praise is rocket fuel for your triumph. And if you do not understand that, you lose so much in your battle because you, you cannot be depressed and praise God at the same time. You can't. You can't be down and praise Him at the same time because praise has lifting ability. I, I'll never forget when, when you realize that you were really born to win. Praise has the ability to keep you focused where you're called to go. Does that make sense? See, praise, like an airplane, you know that song, The Wind Beneath My Wings? You've probably heard that song. Maybe that was an old song, probably 10 years ago. But to a pilot, the wind beneath your wings is as useless as the runway behind you. You can't you can't take off on the runway behind you, right? It's as useless as the gas you didn't put in your airplane. And it's as useless as the altitude you don't have. See, when you realize that praise asserts God's law of lift to every believer. If you don't use it, you can't be lifted up. So when you realize that praise was designed by God, just like thrust. See, thrust in an airplane, in order to create the law of lift, you know that paper, scissors, uh, what is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One trumps the other. Well, see, you cannot get lift in an airplane until you initiate thrust. See, thrust is the power that creates lift. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of Christians, they try, to, they try to take off on cruise power. There's no such thing. That's how you get killed. In an airplane, what do you do? You go to the red line. You, your takeoff power is the maximum thrust you can have in that temperature, in that altitude, before the engine will blow. 
So you take it to the max, you take it to the limit, and you hold it there as you begin to gain speed. As you begin to gain speed, then comes the law of lift. And all of a sudden, really, the airplane doesn't take off from the wing, wind under the wings. The airplane is lifted up by that law of lift. That's exactly what it is if you're a believer. You were born to take off. You were born to rise above your challenge. You were born to rise above the, the control of your battle. You know, like a, like a thunderstorm. There were big thunderstorms last night in this place. I'm telling you, it would wake the dead. But when you realize it, a thunderstorm, a storm in your life can only happen for so long because it doesn't have staying power unless you give it to it. So when you realize, when you fly in an, an airplane that's like a jet, you, you're looking to get above all those storms. See, if you're flying a little airplane that doesn't get up very high, then you're going to go through them. And a lot of Christians, the reason they have so many encounters with problems is they're flying too low. If you get a hold of what God's created in this word in praise, it'll change your life forever. Now, since I know this is going to... to Lagos in that area in Africa. I'm going to take just a minute and I, and I want to minister to you about worship. It's not like praise. Worship is different, although we all see through a glass darkly. I'll never forget years ago, Kenneth Copeland had ministered to me in a service and he said that worship he said this he said the way God does business is in the law of fair exchange in other words if you give me your watch is that a watch whatever that is it looks like it's a watch okay if Francis if you give me this watch and I say thank you very much and I put it on and I walk away that's an unfair exchange but if I give you money for this watch, whatever, let's just say I got a couple $300 or whatever, if I hand you the money, then, then we're even, and it's a fair exchange. It's called, here's your watch back there. It, it's called the Shalom Principle. See, Shalom in the word means, in, in the Hebrew means nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing unwhole. Right? So when some when a Jew comes to you and says, Shalom, it's a it's a not just peace to you, but wholeness. Right? So when you realize that, do you do you know that there's nothing in this word, there's not one thing in this word that was given for God's benefit. God didn't send Jesus for his benefit. He sent Jesus for yours and my benefit, right? So when you realize that the way God does business is in the law of fair exchange. So why would Jesus say, 
my father's looking for two worshipers who will worship in the, me in the spirit and in the truth. That's a powerful scripture. But when you go through, there are so many times in this word where you see God wants to be worshipped. And you see where he says, I'm a jealous God. You'll have no other gods before me. And if you want to get God ticked off, just look at what happened when Moses went up on Mount Sinai and the people began to worship strange gods. God wanted to blow them all up. Because, but do you realize that the reason God doesn't want us to worship other things, like, just think about this. If you spend five, ten minutes with God in his word or worshiping him, and you spend hours on your smartphone. Who's being worshipped? Oh, you say, well, that's too radical. No. Has this smartphone ever paid your bills? Has this smartphone ever had the ability to heal you when you're down? Has this smartphone had the ability to break you out of depression and confusion and fear? Technology has no ability to fix spiritual issues because it's not on that level, see? But when you realize that worship, God told what changed my life, and I'm just beginning, what changed my life was this one sentence from God. He told me one day when I was praying, he said, Son, worship is the currency of heaven. Man, it's changed my life forever. And I'm going to take you for just a couple of minutes into that revelation. Now let me ask you this. Where did Jesus go and what did he do when he said, I have food that you don't know about? The Bible hadn't even been printed then, although the scroll was there, right? But when God, when God rained manna, down every day for the children of Israel when they were in in the desert. What was in the manna that made their eyes not get dim, that made them never get sick, that made even their shoes to not wear out? You go, you're crazy. No, I'm telling you, the word says, as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. See, we, we are locked into technology in 2019. Boy, we, we're, we're, ever, we're looking for every kind of new technology that can happen. But when you realize it, do you realize that like laser technology, do you realize that when you had a CD, which was now is old technology, that was, the, that was using laser light to record audio. God is light. So when you think about it, you're talking about technology advancement. Do you realize how far ahead of us God is? We can't even see him. He's so far ahead of us. But when you realize that the closest thing to God's heart 
is a worshiper. He's looking on the earth. He's looking in, in Nigeria. He's looking in Lagos. He's looking at all of Africa. Where is the one that will worship me? What's in it for us when we worship God? I'm glad you asked. When you realize what this word has to say about worship, first of all, it'll purify your life. It'll cause there to be no strange gods in you. That's what the word says, right? But when you think about it, when Lucifer was in heaven, his job was to create a sound in heaven. There's no example that he could even sing. He played. And the only instrument, class of instrument, I won't get into it with you because we don't have time, but the only instrument that Lucifer couldn't play was the brass because God saved the brass for the announcement of his son because, see, the brass is the signature sound of royalty and it's untarnished in heaven, that sound. But when you realize it, when Lucifer played, it said that the drums were an extension of his being. He, was, he didn't just play the drums, he was the drums. It says the pipes, the woodwinds, were an extension of his being. It says that the timbrel, the rhythms. It says the pipes. It says vials, which were the multi-timbrel instruments, were an extension of his being. So when he played, why did he play in it? You ever think about it? Why did God put the highest, create the highest ranking angel, the cherubims, were the highest ranking angel in heaven, and they were the ones that were continually in the presence of God. And God puts in the very highest one the ability to make sounds. You know why? Because sounds are food for spirit. Sound is spiritual food. When you think about it, and boy, I'm telling you, when you get into this, it gets, it gets heavy real quick. In an airplane, let me just break for a minute. In an airplane, the higher you go, the thinner the oxygen is. And if you're not pressurized in an airplane, you can only go to about 12,500. And the law is you can't exceed 30 minutes at that altitude because you're depriving your physical body of oxygen. Okay? But as you get higher, there are many instances of pilots that lost pressurization. One is one that comes to mind is Payne Weber. He was flying a Lear 35, and he was up at high altitude, and he got a he got a pressurization leak, and it was so minute that they didn't pick it up, and the gauge failed. And what happened? All of a sudden, he's up there, but the oxygen went to zero slowly. And he, you know, he died, okay? But as you go high, in the F-18 ride that I took, I had to go into a pressure chamber, and they boost the altitude up. At 18,000 feet, I could write my name. At 22,000 feet, I could maybe write P-H-I, and then I didn't care. Because your brain doesn't have enough oxygen and your body is literally suffocating, right? So what the Lord told me was that 
As the air is that you breathe supports human life, so is sound to spiritual forces. Now think about this. If you wonder why you're dealing with depression, check what's coming into your ears all the time and change it. Put sounds in it that are going to be full of God's presence. Put sounds in it that's going to be full of God's love. It'll change you. It'll, it'll literally starve the depression. You remember when David played the harp before King Saul? He was depressed. It said an evil spirit had attached itself to him. Really, that evil spirit was sent by God himself to torment Saul. In comes David as a shepherd boy. And he begins to play the harp. They never say what he played. But you know that David had a heart after God. The word says, God said, he's got a heart after me. So when David walked in to the castle, and there was King Saul vexed, right? And he begins to play. Remember one time, Saul threw a javelin at him. I don't know. I don't know if I'd have stayed around if I'd met David. But David began to play, and the word says this, and the evil spirit departed. You know why? The evil spirit didn't have life support because of the sound that was made that was full of life. See, that's the law. So when you, when you look at worship, in anything with God, it's like one of the covenant establishers with God is the tithe. If you don't tithe, don't expect God to open the windows of heaven in your life because you're breaking the law. It's sort of like me trying to take off stationary. Can't do it. I've got to apply thrust. I've got to put gas in the tank. I've got to get to that log lift and then take off. See, the covenant, there are covenant connectors with God. When you realize that worship you know that the law of sowing and reaping works in everything in life. If you sow destruction, you're going to reap destruction. If you sow lust, you're going to reap it. If you sow immorality, you're going to reap it. If you sow hatred, you're going to be hated. If you sow whatever you sow, even a man that doesn't know God, that gives to charitable causes, he becomes more wealthy because he's operating the law, right? So when you realize that everything in God works in that law of sowing and reaping, that's the overriding macro law, right? So when you give of your life in worship to God, you have to understand that you operate in law, in the spirit, that causes God's life energy. If you so, what is worship? It's putting your life energy in God's direction, right? If you sow of your life energy into God, then you operate, you initiate that law, which causes God's life energy, his peace, his, his healing power, his <laughs> everything God represents. That's why we should never hold anything back when we worship Him.
whether it's in America, very few bow today because we're a proud country. We're a proud people. Let me tell you something. Part of it, when you read in this word, when you bow, you send a signal that you're bowing before someone much greater than you. And you're submitting yourself. But when you worship God and you sow unto God your, your life energy, your love for Him, your desire for His presence, then you invoke that law and God's presence begins to come into you. Let me ask you this. How do you think it is in heaven? I believe that worship is the food that causes heaven to be eternal. Because you see, you read Revelation, you'll find they're worshiping before God all the time. They're worshiping all the time. God's energy, God's life is being released in the atmosphere, in the sounds. That's, that's the law. Well, it's a new day. Don't expect God to do what he did before now because he's new every morning. And there are new things that God is doing in the earth that we don't even understand how he's doing them. And we need to be expectant. Don't get caught in religion. Don't get caught in games. Don't get caught with con preachers that, you know, they're just out to get your money. There's a great verse in the, in the Message Bible that says, Beware of false preachers dripping with practice sincerity. Chances are they're out to rip you off. What you need in your life are men and women who genuinely love God, who can genuinely encourage you, instruct you in the faith, show you how to operate in the high places, to this day, I'm now playing, I'm 71 years old. I've played the trumpet since I was 11. You can do the math. But I still have a trumpet coach. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. There's no such thing as status quo in the spirit. You're either pressing forward or you're losing ground. Be one of the ones that's pressing all the time to get closer to Jesus, to be more powerful in his kingdom, because God's raising up an army in Africa. God is doing a thing that has never been seen, and you can take it to the bank, and you should purpose in your heart to be a part of it. I love you. I wish you the very best. God bless you. Bill Driscoll, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you, we thank you, we glorify your name. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we give you praise and thanksgiving. Take our lives as it is, we surrender to you, we surrender our worship, and we surrender our time with you, Lord God. Multiply it, Lord God. Be effective in our lives. In your name we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen. amen. Thank you for showing up today, family. Hi, thanks for coming. Today's podcast, we're going to be learning about praise and worship 
and the victory that Jesus already established by none other than songwriter Phil Driscoll uh, that I've been worshiping and praising God with him for years and years. Please listen up to a genius and what it is to have victory in Christ Jesus. Here's Phil Driscoll. This is about 40 minutes of a YouTube recording of him. What can you do with a sentence? In any battle, in the natural realm, there's always a sound that's made when you win. In other words, in America, we play football, we play basketball, we play baseball. No matter how big the event is, it's easy to tell who's winning by the fans. Because the fans that are winning will always be loud, they'll be boisterous, they'll be radical. People that are losing, the team that is losing, those fans, they're silent. You've been to games where, regardless of the game, you'll see the players going like this. They're looking for sound to propel them into a position of victory. That's the law, okay? But in the spiritual realm, very much a law. See, the laws of God are, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. If, if you're on planet Earth and you drop this, the law of gravity says that hits the death. Because gravity is a physical law that has been around since the beginning of the world. Okay? The laws of God, see, the law of praise was established before the world was. So when God established praise, it wasn't for his benefit. Because God will not go broke or ever lose whether or not you praise him. But you will. See, because praise is the rocket fuel for victory. It's what establishes your victory because it's the higher level of faith that exists in the earth. So... In the Word, we call those things that be not as though they were. You could say we sound those things that be not as though they were. So if you're in a position, regardless of your battle in this life, no matter how tough it is, if you get the bullets of God's Word, if you get from the Word that you're born to win, that you're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Who loves you? If you get a hold of that, if Peter could walk on water from one word from Jesus, what can you do with a sentence? If it says no weapon formed against you, then you can take that, that sentence and say, no weapon formed, this weapon, whatever it is, whether it's lack, whether it's disease, whether it's depression, no matter what it is, you can say this is not going to prosper in my life. And then you can begin to give God praise in the middle of a time you feel like you're losing. And, and sound exactly like you would sound if you had just won the whole thing hands down. See, that's the law of praise. And that's, you know, the, the, the devil is really slick. He knows if he can only, if he can get you where you only praise God in church, he'll win six days a week in your life. But when, when you understand that praise causes a force field around your life, 
that causes you to be invincible to defeat, causes you to be victorious regardless of what's going on in your world or in your life, then you won't have to wait to praise God until you come into an assembly where they are. Really, the assembly is just where you practice. It's like boot camp. If you're a soldier, you go to boot camp to learn how to fire your weapon, to learn how to be a soldier, right? You don't, you don't go through boot camp and go to war and leave your gun. No, you take everything you've learned, and part of God's arsenal for sure is praise. That's the the beginning. And you know, there's a there's a verse in in the Word that that is is really really powerful to me, and it is. It talks about how that when when we praise God, you know, it says, as the refining pot is to silver and the furnace is to gold, so let a man be in his trial of praise, ridding himself of all that is base or insincere. For a man is judged by what he praises and of what he boasts. And I'll tell you, this, this, this verse is probably changed everything in me in my life because if something bad happens what's the tendency well what is the tendency for you to do when something bad happens human nature you go oh man i can't believe this happened maybe you know i cannot believe this has happened to me and you and you begin to re reiterate the bad right because if i if i if i were to push you friends you'd come toward me, you'd resist it. There'd be, a, if for every action this way, there's a reverse action, right? So, when you understand that the devil knows that, he knows that if, if he can get you to sound, say, to sound, like the problem, he can keep you in the problem. And see, in a music, as a musician, we have what we call loops, right? And a drum loop is simply a rhythm that has no beginning and has no ending. So you put it in a loop. And if you say, hey man, I can't believe what's happening here. I can't believe what's going on. I cannot believe, I can't believe what happened to me. Well, you just created a loop and it causes you to just be able to live in the loop, see? But if you know what the Word says, that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper, then you can say, hey, man, Lord, I just want to give you praise because I know that I'm going to win because it says in the back of this book that we win. It says no weapon formed against me can prosper. So I can go, hey, God, I just want to thank you right now. And I begin to see myself not in the problem. But by faith, I see myself where God's Word says I'm going to end up. And then I begin to sound just like that instead of sounding like the problem. That's the law. And once, once, you get, once you get a hold of that law, it'll change. It'll change everything in your world. Here it is. It's in, it's in Proverbs 20, 27, verse 21. In the King James, I mean, I like King James. But sometimes the these and nows get me, get me off a little bit. So I like to amplify it because I like it loud. 
And the Amplified Version sometimes is loud to me, right? It says, as a refining pot for silver and the furnace for gold, so is a man who is praised. But in the Amplified, it says, as the refining pot for silver. What does a refining pot do to silver? A refining pot is hot, and it takes all the impurities of the silver, and they come to the top. You can just brush them off. But what, what remains is pure silver. The same thing as the refining pot for silver and the furnace for gold bring forth all the impurities of the metal. So let a man be in his trial of praise, ridding himself of all that is base or insincere. For a man is judged by what he praises and of what he boasts. So what this verse, this is such a power. If you get this one verse, it'll change your life. What this verse in Proverbs 27, 21 is saying is that what happens in heat, you know, if things get hot around you in a battle, or you get in a war, or you get in what, whatever kind of confrontation, right? What happens? What happens is you begin to get agitated. And you might say something that's wrong, or you might feel something that's wrong. You can't base your, you cannot base your walk with God on what you feel like this minute. You can't do it. It's like me in the trumpet. I have learned that I do not base myself on anything that I feel here because I know my feelings are lied to me. I base myself, I base everything I do in my plane on a position. I know if I can get in that position, the highest note is not impossible and the lowest note is not. And I never get tired. You follow? So in this word, it says, the, the heat bring forth all the impurities of the metal. So, what you do when you put gold in a furnace, you expect and you know that the heat will bring all the impurities to the very top and you just brush them off and what you end up with is pure gold. And in silver, what you end up with is pure silver. So when you see that, this verse says, let a man be in his trial of praise. In other words, what you're going through, let what's coming out of you be praiseworthy because a man is judged by what he praises and of what he boasts. When you think about it, there's a verse that I tie to this, and it's Psalms, it's Psalms 12, verse 6, and I never saw it until not very many months ago. But in Psalms 12, it says, Thy word, the words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. So, what this is saying is, if, if you broke it down, it's saying God's words are pure faith. Pure faith. And then it says, as silver is tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. So, think about putting that silver in a furnace seven different times, making sure all the, all the junk is out, right? Well, when you realize that this verse is telling you 
You're judged by what you praise and of what you boast. It says, if you're going through a trial, and we all go through trials, man. I don't care who you are. You might be the coolest guy on planet Earth. You're going to go through stuff. You might be the most beautiful young lady. You're going to go through stuff. Because that's, we live in a world that is fallen. Now, when you realize that when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you get a license to rise above all of the problems that the world has to offer. Every single one of them. You have a license to ride in the high places of the earth. You, but it doesn't happen just because you have the license. I can have a license. I got a license right now to fly many different jets, right? But if I don't, if I don't get in the jet and I don't do the procedures, it doesn't matter what, what this license says. It's like having $10 million in the bank, but never writing the check. You don't have access until you do the procedure. And the procedure to walk in victory is found in this word. Because the sound, see when, you remember when Joshua was walking around Jericho and God had told him, take the city. Well, he didn't have the power to take the city in his own right. But he took the word of God and a lot of people don't talk about this, but they blew. See the ram's horn. You, you talk to me a little bit, Francis, about the ram's horn. When you realize, see a ram's horn, and I've played it. I've only recorded one song, but I've thought about doing a whole thing with it. The ram's horn is to, to come up with what you look at as the ram's horn. It's put in a lot of heat. And the ram's horn then is twisted. Right? Because the ram's horn was thought by the Jews to be God talking. Right? And so when you read Jericho, see the sound, there's so much. Probably the thing that blows my mind the most in this whole thing is the power of the sound. See, Francis, are you married? Okay, well, I'll tell you, I'm married. So, if I say to my wife, I love you. Well, I said I loved her, but there wasn't much heart in the sound. There wasn't much engagement. See, you can, you can, you can, you can talk about a lot of things. You know, you know it's great weather day, you know, man. That thing's cool. You know, I like the roof. I mean. It's a little cloudy out, but I'm not, I'm really not engaged. It's almost idle conversation, right? Because idle means there's no heart in it, right? So when you realize that the sound, see, it's not what goes into a man that defiles a man, it's what comes out. But you got to realize that the eye gate, the ear gate, are the ways that Satan uses to affect your heart. I don't care how great the word is as preached or whatever church you go to or however you're fed spiritually. If you do not put a guard over what you look at and what you hear, you won't, you won't ride in the high places with God. Because, see, 
God doesn't have anything to do with strife, with confusion, with fear, with pain. He doesn't live in that realm. See, that's a that really to us is an earthbound realm. And the only way you rise above it is by faith in Him and purposing in your heart to see yourself above and not beneath. So does that make sense? But the way you sound has everything to do with it. I'm telling you, it has everything to do with it. I remember when I was like, you know, 19, I could play double high seeds, which is a real hard note to play on the trumpet. Very few people do it. And then it sort of, I sort of like lost them. I lost, I didn't play up there, so I sort of lost it. There's a big lesson. If you don't push where you are and where you want to be with Jesus, you'll settle for second or third or fourth best. You won't. There are a lot of people that have a relationship with Jesus, but they, they've given up winning every time. They've given up being above and not under. They've given up being the head and not the tail. They just sort of... They sort of live status quo. Well, we win some, we lose some. No, that's not. The word never says you're going to lose. It says, now, thanks be to God who always, not sometimes, causes us to triumph. See, praise is rocket fuel for your triumph. And if you do not understand that, you lose so much in your battle because you, you cannot be depressed and praise God at the same time. You can't. You can't be down and praise Him at the same time because praise has lifting ability. I, I'll never forget when, when you realize that you were really born to win. Praise has the ability to keep you focused where you're called to go. Does that make sense? See, praise, like an airplane, you know that song, The Wind Beneath My Wings? You've probably heard that song. Maybe that was an old song, probably 10 years ago. But to a pilot, the wind beneath your wings is as useless as the runway behind you. You can't, you can't take off on the runway behind you, right? It's as useless as the gas you didn't put in your airplane. And it's as useless as the altitude you don't have. See, when you realize that praise asserts God's law of lift to every believer. If you don't use it, you can't be lifted up. So when you realize that praise was designed by God, just like thrust. See, thrust in an airplane, in order to create the law of lift, you know that paper, scissors, uh, what is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One trumps the other. Well, see, you cannot get lift in an airplane until you initiate thrust. See, thrust is the power that creates lift. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of Christians, they try to, they try to take off on cruise power. There's no such thing. That's how you get killed. In an airplane, what do you do? You go to the red line. You, your takeoff power is the maximum thrust you can have in that temperature, in that altitude, before the engine will blow. 
So you take it to the max, you take it to the limit, and you hold it there as you begin to gain speed. As you begin to gain speed, then comes the law of lift. And all of a sudden, really, the airplane doesn't take off from the wind, wind under the wings. The airplane is lifted up by that law of lift. That's exactly what it is if you're a believer. You were born to take off. You were born to rise above your challenge. You were born to rise above the, the control of your battle. You know, like a, like a thunderstorm. There were big thunderstorms last night in this place. I'm telling you, it would wake the dead. But when you realize it, a thunderstorm, a storm in your life can only happen for so long because it doesn't have staying power unless you give it to it. So when you realize, when you fly in an airplane that's like a jet, you, you're looking to get above all those storms. See, if you're flying a little airplane that doesn't get up very high, then you're going to go through them. And a lot of Christians, the reason they have so many encounters with problems is they're flying too low. If you get a hold of what God's created in this word and praise, it'll change your life forever. Now, since I know this is going to, to Lagos in that area in Africa, I'm going to take just a minute and I, and I want to minister to you about worship. It's not like praise. Worship it's different, although we all see through a glass darkly. I'll never forget years ago, Kenneth Copeland had ministered to me in a service, and he said that worship, he said this, he said, the way God does business is in the law of fair exchange. In other words, Give me your watch. Is that a watch? Whatever that is. It looks like it's a watch. Okay. If Francis, if you give me this watch and I say thank you very much and I put it on and I walk away, that's an unfair exchange. But if I give you money for this watch, whatever, let's just say I got a couple three hundred dollars or whatever, if I hand you the money, then then we're even and it's a fair exchange. It's called Here's your watch back there. It, it's called the Shalom Principle. See, Shalom in the word means, in, in the Hebrew means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing unwhole, right? So when, some, when a Jew comes to you and says Shalom, it's a, it's a, not just peace to you, but Hopeless, right? So when you realize that, do you do you know that there's nothing in this word, there's not one thing in this word that was given for God's benefit? God didn't send Jesus for his benefit. He sent Jesus for yours and my benefit. Right? So when you realize that the way God does business is in the law of fair exchange. So why would Jesus say, 
my father's looking for two worshipers who will worship in the, me in the spirit and in the truth. That's a powerful scripture. But when you go through, there are so many times in this word where you see God wants to be worshipped. And you see where he says, I'm a jealous God. You'll have no other gods before me. And if you want to get God ticked off, just look at what happened when Moses went up on Mount Sinai and the people began to worship strange gods. God wanted to blow them all up. Because, but do you realize that the reason God doesn't want us to worship other things, like, just think about this. If you spend five, ten minutes with God in His Word or worshiping Him, and you spend hours on your smartphone, who's being worshipped? Oh, you say, well, that's too radical. No. Has this smartphone ever paid your bills? Has this smartphone ever had the ability to heal you when you're down? Has this smartphone had the ability to break you out of depression and confusion and fear? Technology has no ability to fix spiritual issues because it's not on that level. See, but when you realize that worship, God told what changed my life, and I'm just beginning, what changed my life was this one sentence from God. He told me one day when I was praying, he said, Son, worship is the currency of heaven. Man, it's changed my life forever. And I'm going to take you for just a couple of minutes into that revelation. Now, let me ask you this. Where did Jesus go and what did he do when he said, I have food that you don't know about? The Bible hadn't even been printed then, although the scroll was there, right? But when God, when God rained manna down every day for the children of Israel when they were in, in the desert, what was in the manna that made their eyes not get dim? that made them never get sick, that made even their shoes to not wear out. You go, you're crazy. No, I'm telling you, the word says, as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. See, we, we are locked into technology in 2019. Boy, we, we're, we're, ever, we're looking for every kind of new technology that can happen when you realize it. Do you realize that like laser technology, do you realize that when you had a CD, which was now is old technology, that was, that was using laser light to record audio. God is light. So when you think about it, you're talking about technology advancement, do you realize how far ahead of us God is? We can't even see him. He's so far ahead of us. But when you realize that the closest thing to God's heart 
is a worshiper. He's looking on the earth. He's looking in, in Nigeria. He's looking in Lagos. He's looking at all of Africa. Where is the one that will worship me? What's in it for us when we worship God? I'm glad you asked. When you realize what this word has to say about worship, first of all, it'll purify your life. It'll cause there to be no strange gods in you. That's what the word says, right? But when you think about it, when Lucifer was in heaven, his job was to create a sound in heaven. There's no example that he could even sing. He played. And the only instrument, class of instrument, I won't get into it with you because we don't have time, but the only instrument that Lucifer couldn't play was the brass because God saved the brass for the announcement of his son because, see, the brass is the signature sound of royalty and it's untarnished in heaven, that sound. But when you realize it, when Lucifer played, it said that the drums were an extension of his being. He, was, he didn't just play the drums, he was the drums. It says the pipes, the woodwinds, were an extension of his being. It says that the timbrel, the rhythms, it says the pipes, it says vials, which were the multi-timbral instruments, were an extension of his being. So when he played, why did he play in it? You ever think about it? Why did God put the highest, create the highest ranking angel, the cherubims, were the highest ranking angel in heaven, and they were the ones that were continually in the presence of God. And God puts in the very highest one the ability to make sounds. You know why? Because sounds are food for spirit. Sound is spiritual food. When you think about it, and boy, I'm telling you, when you get into this, it gets, it gets heavy real quick. In an airplane, let me just break for a minute. In an airplane, the higher you go, the thinner the oxygen is. And if you're not pressurized in an airplane, you can only go to about 12,500. And the law is you can't exceed 30 minutes at that altitude because you're depriving your physical body of oxygen. Okay? But as you get higher, there are many instances of pilots that lost pressurization. One is one that comes to mind is Payne Weber. He was flying a Lear 35 and he was up at high altitude and he got a he got a pressurization leak and it was so minute that they didn't pick it up and the gauge failed. And what happened, all of a sudden he's up there but the oxygen went to zero slowly. And he, you know, he died. Okay. But as you go high, in the F-18 ride that I took, I had to go into a pressure chamber and they boost the altitude up. At 18,000 feet, I could write my name. At 22,000 feet, I can maybe write P-H-I, and then I didn't care. Because your brain doesn't have enough oxygen, and your body is literally suffocating, right? So what the Lord told me was that 
As the air is that you breathe supports human life, so is sound to spiritual forces. Now think about this. If you wonder why you're dealing with depression, check what's coming into your ears all the time and change it. Put sounds in it that are going to be full of God's presence. Put sounds in it that's going to be full of God's love. It'll change you. It'll, it'll literally starve the depression. You remember when David played the harp before King Saul? He was depressed and said an evil spirit had attached itself to him. Really, that evil spirit was sent by God himself to torment Saul. In comes David as a shepherd boy. He begins to play the harp. They never say what he played. But you know that David had a heart after God. The word says, God said, he's got a heart after me. So when David walked in to the castle, and there was King Saul vexed, right? He begins to play. Remember one time, Saul threw a javelin at him. I don't know. I don't know if I'd have stayed around if I'd been David. But David began to play. And the word says this, and the evil spirit departed. You know why? The evil spirit didn't have life support because of the sound that was made that was full of life. See, that's the law. So when you, when you look at worship, in anything with God, it's like one of the covenant establishers with God is the tithe. If you don't tithe, don't expect God to open the windows of heaven in your life because you're breaking the law. It's sort of like me trying to take off stationary. Can't do it. I've got to apply thrust. I've got to put gas in the tank. I've got to get to that law of lift and then take off. See, the covenant, there are covenant connectors with God. When you realize that worship, you know that the law of sowing and reaping works in everything in life. If you sow destruction, you're going to reap destruction. If you sow lust, you're going to reap it. If you sow immorality, you're going to reap it. If you sow hatred, you're going to be hated. If you sow whatever you sow, even a man that doesn't know God, that gives to charitable causes, he becomes more wealthy because he's operating the law, right? So when you realize that everything in God works in that law of sowing and reaping, that's the overriding macro law, right? So when you give of your life in worship to God, you have to understand that you operate a law in the spirit that causes God's life energy. If you sow, what is worship? It's putting your life energy in God's direction, right? If you sow of your life energy into God, then you operate, you initiate that law which causes God's life energy, His peace, His, His healing power, His <laughs> everything God represents. That's why we should never hold anything back 
when we worship him. Whether it's in America, very few bow today because we're a proud country. We're a proud people. Let me tell you something. Part of it, when you read in this word, when you bow, you send a signal that you're bowing before someone much greater than you. And you're submitting yourself. But when you worship God and you sow unto God your, your life energy, your love for Him, your desire for His presence, then you invoke that law and God's presence begins to come into you. Let me ask you this. How do you think it is in heaven? I believe that worship is the food that causes heaven to be eternal. Because you see, you read Revelation, you'll find they're worshiping before God all the time. They're worshiping all the time. God's energy, God's life is being released in the atmosphere in the sounds. That's, that's the law. Well, it's a new day. Don't expect God to do what he did before now because he's new every morning. And there are new things that God is doing in the earth that we don't even understand how he's doing. And we need to be expected. Don't get caught in religion. Don't get caught in games. Don't get caught with con preachers that, you know, they're just out to get your money. There's a great verse in the, in the Message Bible that says, Beware of false preachers dripping with practice sincerity. Chances are they're out to rip you off. What you need in your life are men and women who genuinely love God, who can genuinely encourage you, instruct you in the faith, show you how to operate in the high places. To this day, I'm now playing, I'm 71 years old. I played the trumpet since I was 11. You can do the math. But I still have a trumpet coach. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. There's no such thing as status quo in the spirit. You're either pressing forward or you're losing ground. Be one of the ones that's pressing all the time to get closer to Jesus, to be more powerful in his kingdom because God's raising up an army in Africa. God is doing a thing that has never been seen and you can take it to the bank and you should purpose in your heart to be a part of it. I love you. I wish you the very best. God bless you. Phil Driscoll. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We thank you. We glorify your name. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we give you praise and thanksgiving. Take our lives as it is. We surrender to you. We surrender our worship. And we surrender our time with you, Lord God. Multiply, Lord God. Be effective in our lives. In your name we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ and Adam. Amen and amen. Thank you for showing up today, family. Hi. 
Thanks for coming to today's podcast. We're going to be learning about praise and worship and the victory that Jesus already established by none other than songwriter Phil Driscoll uh, that I've been worshiping and praising God with him for years and years. Please listen up to a genius and what it is to have victory in Christ Jesus. Here's Phil Driscoll. This is about 40 minutes of a YouTube recording of him. What can you do with a sentence? There we go. In any battle, in the natural realm, there's always a sound that's made when you win. In other words, in America, we play football, we play basketball, we play baseball. No matter how big the event is, it's easy to tell who winning by the fans because the fans that are winning will always be loud they'll be boisterous they'll be radical people that are losing the team that is losing those fans they're silent you've been to games where regardless of the game you'll see the players going like this they're looking for sound to propel them into a position of victory that's the law okay but in the spiritual realm, it's very much a law. See, the laws of God are, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. If, if you're on planet Earth and you drop this, the law of gravity says that hits the best. Because gravity is a physical law that has been around since the beginning of the world, okay? The laws of God, see the law of praise was established before the world was. So when God established praise, it wasn't for his benefit. Because God will not go broke or ever lose whether or not you praise him, but you will. See, because praise is the rocket fuel for victory. It's what establishes your victory because it's the higher level of faith that exists in the earth. So. In the Word, we call those things that be not as though they were. You can say we sound those things that be not as though they were. So if you're in a position, regardless of your battle in this life, no matter how tough it is, if you get the bullets of God's Word, if you get from the Word that you're born to win, that you're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, who loves you. If you get a hold of that, if Peter could walk on water from one word from Jesus, what can you do with a sentence? If it says no weapon formed against you, then you can take that, that sentence and say, no weapon formed, this weapon, whatever it is, whether it's lack, whether it's disease, whether it's depression, no matter what it is, you can say this is not going to prosper in my life. And then you can begin to give God praise in the middle of a time you feel like you're losing. And, and sound exactly like you would sound if you had just won the whole thing hands down. See, that's the law of praise. And that's, you know, the, the, the devil is really slick. He knows if he can only, if he can get you where you only praise God in church, he'll win six days a week in your life. But when, when you understand that praise causes a force field 
around your life that causes you to be invincible to defeat, causes you to be victorious regardless of what's going on in your world or in your life, then you won't have to wait to praise God until you come into an assembly where they are. Really, the assembly is just where you practice. It's like boot camp. If you're a soldier, you go to boot camp to learn how to fire your weapon, to learn how to be a soldier, right? You don't, you don't go through boot camp and go to war and leave your gun. No, you take everything you've learned and part of God's arsenal for sure is praise. That's the, the beginning. And you know, there's a, there's a verse in, in the word that, that is, is really, really powerful to me. And it, it, it talks about how that when, when we praise God, you know, it says, as the refining pot is to silver and the furnace is to gold, so let a man be in his trial of praise, ridding himself of all that is base or insincere. For a man is judged by what he praises and of what he boasts. And I'll tell you, this, this, this verse has probably changed everything in me in my life. Because if something bad happens, what's the tendency? Well, what is the tendency for you to do when something bad happens? Human nature. You go, oh man, I can't believe this happened. Maybe, you know, I cannot believe this has happened to me. And you and you begin to re reiterate the bad, right? Because if I if I if I were to push you, Francis, you'd come toward me, you'd resist it. There'd be a, if for every action this way, there's a reverse action, right? So when you understand that the devil knows that. He knows that if if he can get you to sound, say, to sound like the problem, he can keep you in the problem. And see, in a music, as a musician, we have what we call loops, right? And a drum loop is simply a rhythm that has no beginning and has no ending. So you put it in a loop. And if you say, hey man, I can't believe what's happening here. I can't believe what's going on. I cannot believe, I can't believe what happened to me. Well, you just created a loop and it causes you to just be able to live in the loop, see? But if you know what the word says, that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper, then you can say, hey man, Lord, I just want to give you praise because I know that I'm going to win because it says in the back of this book that we win. It says no weapon formed against me can prosper. So I can go, hey, God, I just want to thank you right now. And I begin to see myself not in the problem, but by faith, I see myself where God's word says I'm going to end up. And then I begin to sound just like that instead of sounding like the problem. That's the law. And once, once you get... Once you get a hold of that law, it'll change. It'll change everything in your world. Here it is. It's in, it's in Proverbs 20, 27, verse 21. In the King James, I mean, I like King James. 
But sometimes the these and nows get me get me off a little bit. So I like the amplified because I like it loud. And the amplified version sometimes is loud to me, right? It says, as a refining pot for silver and the furnace for gold, so is a man to his praise. But in the amplified it says, as the refining pot for silver. What does a refining pot do to silver? A refining pot is hot and it takes all the impurities of the silver. And they come to the top. You can just brush them off. But what what remains is pure silver. The same thing as the refining pot for silver and the furnace for gold. Bring forth all the impurities of the metal. So let a man be in his trial of praise, ridding himself of all that is base or insincere. For a man is judged by what he praises and of what he boasts. So what this verse, this is such a power, if you get this one verse, it'll change your life. What this verse in Proverbs 27, 21 is saying is that what happens in heat, you know, if things get hot around you in a battle, or you get in a war, or you get in what, whatever kind of confrontation, right? What happens? What happens is, you begin to get agitated. And you might say something that's wrong, or you might feel something that's wrong. You can't base your, you cannot base your walk with God on what you feel like this minute. You can't do it. It's like me in the trumpet. I have learned that I do not base myself on anything that I feel here because I know my feelings are like to me. I base myself I base everything I do in my plane on a position. I know if I can get in that position, the highest note is not impossible and the lowest note is not. And I never get tired. You follow? So in this word, it says, the, the heat bring forth all the impurities of the metal. So what you do when you put gold in a furnace, you expect and you know that the heat will bring all the impurities to the very top and you just brush them off and what you end up with is pure gold. And in silver, what you end up with is pure silver. So when you see that, this verse says, let a man be in his trial of praise. In other words, what you're going through, let what's coming out of you be praiseworthy because a man is judged by what he praises and of what he boasts. When you think about it, there's a verse that I tied to this, and it's Psalms, it's Psalms 12, verse 6. And I never saw it until not very many months ago. But in Psalms 12, it says, Thy words, the words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in the furnace of earth purified seven times. So what this is saying is, if, if you broke it down, it's saying God's words are pure faith. Pure faith. And then it says, as silver is tried in the furnace of earth purified seven times. So, think about putting that silver in a furnace seven different times and making sure all the 
all the junk is out, right? Well, when you realize that this verse is telling you, you're judged by what you praise and of what you boast. It says, if you're going through a trial, and we all go through trials, man, I don't care who you are. You might be the coolest guy on planet Earth. You're going to go through stuff. You might be the most beautiful young lady. You're going to go through stuff. Because that's, we live in a world that is fallen. Now, when you realize that when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you get a license to rise above all of the problems that the world has to offer. Every single one of them. You have a license to ride in the high places of the earth. You, But it doesn't happen just because you have the license. I can have a license. I got a license right now to fly many different jets, right? But if I don't, if I don't get in the jet and I don't do the procedures, it doesn't matter what, what this license says. It's like having $10 million in the bank, but never writing a check. You don't have access until you do the procedure. And the procedure to walk in victory is found in this word. Because the sound, see when, you remember when Joshua was walking around Jericho and God had told him, take the city. Well, he didn't have the power to take the city in his own right. But he took the word of God and a lot of people don't talk about this, but they blew. See the ram's horn. You, you talked to me a little bit, Francis, about the ram's horn. When you realize, see a ram's horn, and I played them. I've only recorded one song, but I've thought about doing a whole thing with it. The ram's horn is to, to come up with what you look at as the ram's horn. It's put in a lot of heat. And the ram's horn then is twisted. Right? Because the ram's horn was thought by the Jews to be God talking. Right? And so when you read Jericho, see the sound, there's so much. Probably the thing that blows my mind the most in this whole thing is the power of the sound. See, Francis, are you married? Okay, well, I'll tell you, I'm married. So, if I say to my wife, I love you. Well, I said I loved her, but there wasn't much heart in the sound. There wasn't much engagement. See, you can, you can, you can, you can talk about a lot of things. You know, you know it's great weather day, you know, man. That thing's cool. You know, I like the roof. I mean. It's a little cloudy out, but I'm not, I'm really not engaged. It's almost idle conversation, right? Because idle means there's no heart in it, right? So when you realize that the sound, see, it's not what goes into a man that defiles a man, it's what comes out. But you got to realize that the eye gate, the ear gate, are the ways that Satan uses to affect your heart. I don't care how great the word is as priests or whatever church you go to or however you're fed spiritually. If you do not put a guard over what you look at and what you hear, 
You won't, you won't ride in the high places with God. Because, see, God doesn't have anything to do with strife, with confusion, with fear, with pain. He doesn't live in that realm. See, that's a that really, to us, is an earthbound realm. And the only way you rise above it is by faith in Him and purposing in your heart to see yourself above and not beneath. So does that make sense? But the way you sound has everything to do with it. I'm telling you, it has everything to do with it. I remember when I was like, you know, 19, I can play double high C's, which is a real hard note to play on the trumpet. Very few people do. And then it sort of, I sort of like lost them. I lost, I didn't play up there, so I sort of lost it. There's a big lesson. If you don't push where you are and where you want to be with Jesus, you'll settle for second or third or fourth best. You will. There are a lot of people that have a relationship with Jesus. But they, they've given up winning every time. They've given up being above and not under. They've given up being the head and not the tail. They just sort of, they sort of live status quo. Well, we win some, we lose some. No, that's not. The word never says you're going to lose. It says, now thanks be to God who always, not sometimes, causes us to triumph. See, praise is rocket fuel for your triumph. And if you do not understand that, you lose so much in your battle because you, you cannot be depressed and praise God at the same time. You can't. You can't be down and praise Him at the same time because praise has lifting ability. I, I'll never forget when, when you realize that you were really born to win, Praise has the ability to keep you focused where you're called to go. Does that make sense? See, praise, like an airplane, you know that song, The Wind Beneath My Wings? You've probably heard that song. Maybe that was an old song, probably 10 years ago. But to a pilot, the wind beneath your wings is as useless as the runway behind you. You can't, you can't take off on the runway behind you, right? It's as useless as the gas you didn't put in your airplane. And it's as useless as the altitude you don't have. See, when you realize that praise asserts God's law of lift to every believer. If you don't use it, you can't be lifted up. So, when you realize that praise was designed by God, just like thrust. See, thrust in an airplane in order to create the law of lift. You know that paper, scissors, uh, what is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One trumps the other. Well, see, you cannot get lift in an airplane until you initiate thrust. See, thrust is the power that creates lift. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of Christians, they try to, they try to take off on cruise power. There's no such thing. That's how you get killed. In an airplane, what do you do? You go to the red line. You, your takeoff power is the maximum thrust you can have 
in that temperature, in that altitude, before the engine will blow. So you take it to the max, you take it to the limit, and you hold it there as you begin to gain speed. As you begin to gain speed, then comes the law of lift, and all of a sudden, really, the airplane doesn't take off from the wing, wind under the wings, the airplane is lifted up by that law of lift. That's exactly what it is if you're a believer. You were born to take off. You were born to rise above your challenge. You were born to rise above the, the control of your battle. You know, like a, like a thunderstorm. There were big thunderstorms last night in this place. I'm telling you, it didn't wake the dead. But when you realize it, a thunderstorm, a storm in your life can only happen for so long because it doesn't have staying power unless you give it to it. So when you realize, when you fly in an, an airplane that's like a jet, you, you're looking to get above all those storms. See, if you're flying a little airplane that doesn't get up very high, then you're going to go through them. And a lot of Christians, the reason they have so many encounters with problems is they're flying too low. If you get a hold of what God's created in this word and praise, it'll change your life forever. Now, since I know this is going to, to Lagos in that area in Africa, I'm going to take just a minute and I want to minister to you about worship. It's not like praise. Worship is different, although we all see through a glass darkly. I'll never forget years ago, Kenneth Copeland had ministered to me in a service, and he said that worship he said this, he said, the way God does business is in the law of fair exchange. In other words, if you give me a watch, is that a watch, whatever that is, it looks like it's a watch, okay. If Francis, if you give me this watch and I say thank you very much and I put it on and I walk away, that's an unfair exchange. But if I give you money for this watch, whatever, let's just say I got a couple three hundred dollars or whatever. If I hand you the money, then then we're even. And it's a fair exchange. It's called, here's your watch back there. It, it's called the Shalom Principle. See, Shalom in the word means, in, in the Hebrew means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing unwhole, right? So when, some, when a Jew comes to you and says, Shalom, it's a, it's a, not just peace to you, but wholeness, right? So when you realize that, do you, do you know that there's nothing in this word, there's not one thing in this word that was given for God's benefit? God didn't send Jesus for his benefit. He sent Jesus for yours and my benefit. So when you realize that the way God does business is in the law 
of fair exchange. So why would Jesus say, my father's looking for two worshipers who will worship in the, me in the spirit and in the truth? That's a powerful scripture. But when you go through, there are so many times in this word where you see God wants to be worshipped. And you see where he says, I'm a jealous God. You'll have no other gods before me. And if you want to get God ticked off, just look at what happened when Moses went up on Mount Sinai and the people began to worship strange gods. God wanted to blow them all up. Because, but do you realize that the reason God doesn't want us to worship other things, like, just think about this. If you spend five, ten minutes with God in His Word or worshiping Him, and you spend hours on your smartphone, who's being worshipped? Oh, you say, well, that's too radical. No. Has this smartphone ever paid your bills? Has this smartphone ever had the ability to heal you when you're down? Has this smartphone had the ability to break you out of depression and confusion and fear? Technology has no ability to fix spiritual issues because it's not on that level. See, but when you realize that worship, God told what changed my life, and I'm just beginning, what changed my life was this one sentence from God. He told me one day when I was praying, he said, son, worship is the currency of heaven. Man, it's changed my life forever. And I'm going to take you for just a couple of minutes into that revelation. Now let me ask you this. Where did Jesus go and what did he do when he said, I have food that you don't know about? The Bible hadn't even been printed then, although the scroll was there, right? But when God, when God rained manna, down every day for the children of Israel when they were in in the desert. What was in the manna that made their eyes not get down? That made them never get sick? That made even their shoes to not wear out? You go, you're crazy. No, I'm telling you, the word says, as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. See, we we are locked into technology in 2019. Boy, we, we're we're ever we're looking for every kind of new technology that can happen. But when you realize it, do you realize that like laser technology, do you realize that when you had a CD, which was now is old technology, that was that was using laser light to record audio. God is light. So when you think about it, you're talking about technology advancement. Do you realize how far ahead of us God is? We can't even see Him. He's so far ahead of us. But when you realize 
that the closest thing to God's heart is a worshiper. He's looking on the earth. He's looking in, in Nigeria. He's looking at Lagos. He's looking at all of Africa. Where is the one that will worship me? What's in it for us when we worship God? I'm glad you asked. When you realize what this word has to say about worship, first of all, it'll purify your life. It'll cause there to be no strange gods in you. That's what the word says, right? But when you think about it, when Lucifer was in heaven, his job was to create a sound in heaven. There's no example that he could even sing. He played. And the only instrument, class of instrument, I won't get into it with you because we don't have time, but the only instrument that Lucifer couldn't play was the brass because God saved the brass for the announcement of his son because, see, the brass is the signature sound of royalty and it's untarnished in heaven, that sound. But when you realize it, when Lucifer played, it said that the drums were an extension of his being. He, wasn't, he didn't just play the drums, he was the drums. It says the pipes, the woodwinds, were an extension of his being. It says that the timbrel, the rhythms. It says the pipes. It says vials, which were the multi-timbral instruments, were an extension of his being. So when he played, why didn't he play it? You ever think about it? Why did God put the highest, create the highest ranking angel, the cherubims, were the highest ranking angel in heaven, and they were the ones that were continually in the presence of God. And God puts in the very highest one the ability to make sounds. You know why? Because sounds are food for spirit. Sound is spiritual food. When you think about it, and boy, I'm telling you, when you get into this, it gets it gets heavy real quick. In an airplane, let me just break for a minute. In an airplane, the higher you go, the thinner the oxygen is. And if you're not pressurized in an airplane, you can only go to about 12,500. And the law is you can't exceed 30 minutes at that altitude because you're depriving your physical body of oxygen, okay? But as you get higher, there are many instances of pilots that lost pressurization. One is one that comes to mind is Payne Weber. He was flying a Lear 35, and he was up at high altitude, and he got a he got a pressurization leak, and it was so minute that they didn't pick it up, and the gauge failed. And what happened? All of a sudden, he's up there, but the oxygen went to zero slowly. And he, you know, he died, okay? But as you go high, in the F-18 ride that I took, I had to go into a pressure chamber, and they boost the altitude up. At 18,000 feet, I could write my name. At 22,000 feet, I could maybe write P-H-I, and then I didn't care. Because your brain doesn't have enough oxygen and your body is literally suffocating, right? 
So, what the Lord told me was that as the air is that you breathe supports human life, so is sound to spiritual forces. Now think about this. If you wonder why you're dealing with depression, check what's coming into your ears all the time and change it. Put sounds in it that are going to be full of God's presence. Put sounds in it that's going to be full of God's love. It'll change you. It'll, it'll literally starve the depression. You remember when David played the harp before King Saul? He was depressed. It said an evil spirit had attached itself to him. Really, that evil spirit was sent by God himself to torment Saul. In comes David as a shepherd boy. He begins to play the harp. They never say what he played. But you know that David had a heart after God. The word says, God said, he's got a heart after me. So when David walked in to the castle, and there was King Saul vexed, right? He begins to play. Remember one time, Saul threw a javelin at him. I don't know. I don't know if I'd have stayed around if I'd met David. But David began to play. The word says this, and the evil spirit departed. You know why? The evil spirit didn't have life support because of the sound that was made that was full of life. See, that's the law. So when you, when you look at worship, in anything with God, it's like one of the covenant establishers with God is the tithe. If you don't tithe, don't expect God to open the windows of heaven in your life because you're breaking the law. It's sort of like me trying to take off stationary. Can't do it. I've got to apply thrust. I've got to put gas in the tank. I've got to get to that log lift and then take off. See, the covenant, there are covenant connectors with God. When you realize that worship you know that the law of sowing and reaping works in everything in life. If you sow destruction, you're going to reap destruction. If you sow lust, you're going to reap it. If you sow immorality, you're going to reap it. If you sow hatred, you're going to be hated. If you sow whatever you sow, even a man that doesn't know God, that gives to charitable causes, he becomes more wealthy because he's operating the law, right? So when you realize that everything in God works in that law of sowing and reaping, that's the overriding macro law, right? So when you give of your life in worship to God, you have to understand that you operate a law in the spirit that causes God's life energy. If you so, what is worship? It's putting your life energy in God's direction, right? If you sow of your life energy into God, then you operate, you initiate that law which causes God's life energy, his peace, his, his healing power, his <laughs> everything God represents that's why 
We should never hold anything back when we worship Him. Whether it's in America, very few bow today because we're a proud country. We're a proud people. Let me tell you something. Part of it, when you read in this word, when you bow, you send a signal that you're bowing before someone much greater than you. And you're submitting yourself. But when you worship God and you sow unto God your, your life energy, your love for Him, your desire for His presence, then you invoke that law and God's presence begins to come into you. Let me ask you this. How do you think it is in heaven? I believe that worship is the food that causes heaven to be eternal. Because, you see, you read Revelation, you'll find they're worshiping before God all the time. They're worshiping all the time. God's energy, God's life is being released in the atmosphere, in the sounds. That's that's the law. Well, it's a new day. Don't expect God to do what he did before now because he's new every morning. And there are new things that God is doing in the earth and we don't even understand how he's doing them. And we need to be expectant. Don't get caught in religion. Don't get caught in games. Don't get caught with con preachers that, you know, they're just out to get your money. There's a great verse in the, in the Message Bible that says, Beware of false preachers dripping with practice sincerity. Chances are they're out to rip you off. What you need in your life are men and women who genuinely love God, who can genuinely encourage you, instruct you in the faith, show you how to operate in the high places, to this day, I'm now playing, I'm 71 years old. I played the trumpet since I was 11. You can do the math. But I still have a trumpet coach. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. There's no such thing as status quo in the spirit. You're either pressing forward or you're losing ground. Be one of the ones that's pressing all the time to get closer to Jesus, to be more powerful in his kingdom, because God's raising up an army in Africa. God is doing a thing that has never been seen. And you can take it to the bank, and you should purpose in your heart to be a part of it. I love you. I wish you the very best. God bless you. Bill Driscoll. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you, we thank you, we glorify your name. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we give you praise and thanksgiving. Take our lives as it is. We surrender to you. We surrender our worship and we surrender our time with you, Lord God. Multiply it, Lord God. Be effective in our lives. In your name we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen. Thank you for showing up today, family.
Hi, thanks for coming to today's podcast. We're going to be learning about praise and worship and the victory that Jesus already established by none other than songwriter Phil Driscoll uh, that I've been worshiping and praising God with him for years and years. Please listen up to a genius and what it is to have victory in Christ Jesus. Here's Phil Driscoll. This is about 40 minutes of a YouTube recording of him. What can you do with a sentence? There we go. In any battle, in the natural realm, there's always a sound that's made when you win. In other words, in America, we play football, we play basketball, we play baseball. No matter how big the event is, it's easy to tell who is winning by the fans. Because the fans that are winning will always be loud, they'll be boisterous, they'll be radical. People that are losing, the team that is losing, those fans, they're silent. You've been to games where, regardless of the game, you'll see the players going like this. They're looking for sound to propel them into a position of victory. That's the law, okay? But in the spiritual realm, it's very much a law. See, the laws of God are, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. If, if you're on planet Earth and you drop this, the law of gravity says that hits the best. Because gravity is a physical law that has been around since the beginning of the world, okay? The laws of God, see the law of praise was established before the world was. So when God established praise, it wasn't for his benefit because God will not go broke or ever lose whether or not you praise him, but you will. See, because praise is the rocket fuel for victory. It's what establishes your victory because it's the higher level of faith that exists in the earth so in the word we call those things that be not as though they were you could say we sound those things that be not as though they were so if you're in a position regardless of your battle in this life no matter how tough it is if you get the bullets of god's word if you get from the word that you're born to win, that you're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves you. If you get a hold of that, if Peter could walk on water from one word from Jesus, what can you do with a sentence? If it says no weapon formed against you, then you can take that, that sentence and say, no weapon formed, this weapon, whatever it is, whether it's lack, whether it's disease, whether it's depression, no matter what it is, you can say, this is not going to prosper in my life. And then you can begin to give God praise in the middle of a time you feel like you're losing. And, and sound exactly like you would sound if you had just won the whole thing hands down. See, that's the law of praise. And that's, you know, the, the, the devil is really slick. He knows if he can only, if he can get you where you only praise God in church, he'll win six days a week in your life. But when when you understand that praise causes a force field 
around your life that causes you to be invincible to defeat, causes you to be victorious regardless of what's going on in your world or in your life, then you won't have to wait to praise God until you come into an assembly where they are. Really, the assembly is just where you practice. It's like boot camp. If you're a soldier, you go to boot camp to learn how to fire your weapon, to learn how to be a soldier, right? You don't, you don't go through boot camp and go to war and leave your gun. No, you take everything you've learned and part of God's arsenal for sure is praise. That's the, the beginning. And you know, there's a, there's a verse in, in the word that, that is, is really, really powerful to me. And it, it, it talks about how that when, when we praise God, you know, it says, as the refining pot is to silver and the furnace is to gold, so let a man be in his trial of praise, ridding himself of all that is base or insincere. For a man is judged by what he praises and of what he boasts. And I'll tell you, this, this, this verse has probably changed everything in me in my life. Because if something bad happens, what's the tendency? Well, what is the tendency for you to do when something bad happens? Human nature. You go, oh man, I can't believe this happened. Maybe, you know, I cannot believe this has happened to me. And you and you begin to re reiterate the bad, right? Because if I if I if I were to push you, friends, you'd come toward me, you'd resist it. There'd be a, if for every action this way, there's a reverse action, right? So when you understand that. The devil knows that. He knows that if if he can get you to sound, say, to sound like the problem, he can keep you in the problem. And see, in a music, as a musician, we have what we call loops, right? And a drum loop is simply a rhythm that has no beginning and has no ending. So you put it in a loop. And if you say, hey man, I can't believe what's happening here. I can't believe what's going on. I cannot believe, I can't believe what happened to me. Well, you just created a loop and it causes you to just be able to live in the loop, see? But if you know what the word says, that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper, then you can say, hey man, Lord, I just want to give you praise because I know that I'm going to win because it says in the back of this book that we win. It says no weapon formed against me can prosper. So I can go, hey, God, I just want to thank you right now. And I begin to see myself not in the problem, but by faith, I see myself where God's word says I'm going to end up. And then I begin to sound just like that instead of sounding like the problem. That's the law. And once, once you get... Once you get a hold of that law, it'll change. It'll change everything in your world. Here it is. It's in, it's in Proverbs 20, 27, verse 21. In the King James, I mean, I like King James, but sometimes the these and nows get me, get me off a little bit. 
So I like the amplified because I like it loud. And the amplified version sometimes is loud to me, right? It says, as a refining pot for silver and the furnace for gold, so is a man to his praise. But in the amplified it says, as the refining pot for silver. What does a refining pot do to silver? A refining pot is hot and it takes all the impurities of the silver and they come to the top. You can just brush them off. But what, what remains is pure silver. The same thing as the refining pot for silver and the furnace for gold bring forth all the impurities of the metal. So let a man be in his trial of praise, ridding himself of all that is base or insincere. For a man is judged by what he praises and of what he boasts. So what this verse, this is such a power. If you get this one verse, it'll change your life. What this verse in Proverbs 27, 21 is saying is that what happens in heat, you know, if things get hot around you in a battle, or you get in a war, or you get in what, whatever kind of confrontation, right? What happens? What happens is you begin to get agitated. And you might say something that's wrong, or you might feel something that's wrong. You can't base your, you cannot base your walk with God on what you feel like this minute. You can't do it. It's like me in the trumpet. I have learned that I do not base myself on anything that I feel here because I know my feelings are lied to me. I base myself, I base everything I do in my plane on a position. I know if I can get in that position, the highest note is not impossible and the lowest note is not. And I never get tired. You follow? So in this word, it says the, the heat bring forth all the impurities of the metal. So, what you do when you put gold in a furnace, you expect and you know that the heat will bring all the impurities to the very top and you just brush them off and what you end up with is pure gold. And in silver, what you end up with is pure silver. So, when you see that, this verse says, let a man be in his trial of praise. In other words, what you're going through, let what's coming out of you be praiseworthy because a man is judged by what he praises and of what he boasts. When you think about it, there's a verse that I tie to this, and it's Psalms, it's Psalms 12, verse 6, and I never saw it until not very many months ago. But in Psalms 12, it says, Thy word, the words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. So, what this is saying is, if, if you broke it down, it's saying God's words are pure faith pure faith and then it says as silver is tried in the furnace of earth purified seven times so think about putting that silver in a furnace seven different times and making sure all the all the junk is out right 
Well, when you realize that this verse is telling you you're judged by what you praise and of what you boast. It says, if you're going through a trial, and we all go through trials, man. I don't care who you are. You might be the coolest guy on planet Earth. You're going to go through stuff. You might be the most beautiful young lady. You're going to go through stuff. Because that's, we live in a world that is fallen. Now, when you realize that when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you get a license to rise above all of the problems that the world has to offer. Every single one of them. You have a license to ride in the high places of the earth. You, But it doesn't happen just because you have the license. I can have a license. I got a license right now to fly many different jets, right? But if I don't, if I don't get in the jet, and I don't do the procedures, it doesn't matter what, what this license says. It's like having $10 million in the bank, but never writing the check. You don't have access until you do the procedure. And the procedure to walk in victory is found in this word. Because the sound, see when, you remember when Joshua was walking around Jericho and God had told him, take the city. Well, he didn't have the power to take sin in his own right. But he took the word of God. And a lot of people don't talk about this, but they blew. See the ram's horn. You, you talked to me a little bit, Francis, about the ram's horn. When you realize, see a ram's horn, and I played them. I've only recorded one song, but I've thought about doing a whole thing with it. The ram's horn is... To, to come up with what you look at as the ram's horn, it's put in a lot of heat. And the ram's horn then is twisted, right? Because the ram's horn was thought by the Jews to be God talking, right? And so when you read Jericho, see the sound, there's so much, probably the thing that blows my mind the most in this whole thing is the power of the sound. See, Francis, are you married? Okay, well, I'll tell you, I'm married. So, if I say to my wife, I love you. Well, I said I loved her, but there wasn't much heart in the sound. There wasn't much engagement. See, you can, you can, you can you can talk about a lot of things, you know, you know great weather day, you know, man. That thing's cool. You know. I like the roof. I mean, it's a little cloudy out. But I'm not I'm really not engaged. It's almost idle conversation. Right? Because idle means there's no heart in it. Right? So when you realize that the sound See, it's not what goes into a man that defiles a man is what comes out. But you got to realize that the eye gate, the ear gate, are the ways that Satan uses to affect your heart. I don't care how great the word is as priests or whatever church you go to or however you're fed spiritually. If you do not put a guard over what you look at, and what you hear, you won't, you won't ride in the high places. 
with God. Because, see, God doesn't have anything to do with strife, with confusion, with fear, with pain. He doesn't live in that realm. See, that's a that really, to us, is an earthbound realm. And the only way you rise above it is by faith in Him and purposing in your heart to see yourself above and not beneath. So does that make sense? But the way you sound has everything to do with it. I'm telling you, it has everything to do with it. I remember when I was like, you know, 19, I could play double high C's, which is a real hard note to play on the trumpet. Very few people do. And then it sort of, I sort of like lost them. I lost, I didn't play up there, so I sort of lost it. There's a big lesson. If you don't push where you are and where you want to be with Jesus, you'll settle for second or third or fourth best. You will. There are a lot of people that have a relationship with Jesus, but they, they give it up. Winning every time. They've given up being above and not under. They've given up being the head and not the tail. They just sort of, they sort of live status quo. Well, we win some, we lose some. No, that's not. The word never says you're going to lose. It says, now thanks be to God who always, not sometimes, causes us to triumph. See, praise is rocket fuel for your triumph. And if you do not understand that, you lose so much in your battle because you, pray, you cannot be depressed and praise God at the same time. You can't. You can't be down and praise Him at the same time because praise has lifting ability. I, I'll never forget when, when you realize that you were really born to win. Praise has the ability to keep you focused where you're called to go. Does that make sense? See, praise, like an airplane, you know that song, The Wind Beneath My Wings? You've probably heard that song, maybe. That was an old song, probably 10 years ago. But to a pilot, the wind beneath your wings is as useless as the runway behind you. You can't, you can't take off on the runway behind you, right? It's as useless as the gas you didn't put in your airplane. And it's as useless as the altitude you don't have. See, when you realize that praise asserts God's law of lift to every believer. If you don't use it, you can't be lifted up. So when you realize that praise was designed by God, just like thrust. See, thrust in an airplane, in order to create the law of lift, you know that paper, scissors, uh, what is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One trumps the other. Well, see, you cannot get lift in an airplane until you initiate thrust. See, thrust is the power that creates lift. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of Christians, they try, to, they try to take off on cruise power. There's no such thing. That's how you get killed. In an airplane, what do you do? You go to the red line. You, your takeoff power is the maximum thrust you can have in that temperature 
in that altitude before the engine will blow. So you take it to the max, you take it to the limit, and you hold it there as you begin to gain speed. As you begin to gain speed, then comes the law of lift. And all of a sudden, really, the airplane doesn't take off from the wing, wind under the wings. The airplane is lifted up by that law of lift. That's exactly what it is if you're a believer. You were born to take off. You were born to rise above your challenge. You were born to rise above the, the control of your battle. You know, like a, like a thunderstorm. There were big thunderstorms last night in this place. I'm telling you, it would wake the dead. But when you realize it, a thunderstorm, a storm in your life can only happen for so long because it doesn't have staying power unless you give it to it. So when you realize, when you fly in an, an airplane that's like a jet, you, you're looking to get above all those storms. See, if you're flying a little airplane that doesn't get up very high, then you're going to go through them. And a lot of Christians, the reason they have so many encounters with problems is they're flying too low. If you get a hold of what God's created in this world and praise, it'll change your life forever. Now, since I know this is going to, to Lagos in that area in Africa, I'm going to take just a minute and I, and I want to minister to you about worship. It's not like praise. Worship it's different, although we all see through a glass darkly. I'll never forget years ago, Kenneth Copeland had ministered to me in a service, and he said that worship, he said this, he said, the way God does business is in the law of fair exchange. In other words, if, give me your watch. Is that a watch? Whatever that is. It looks like it's a watch. Okay. If Francis, if you give me this watch and I say thank you very much and I put it on and I walk away, that's an unfair exchange. But if I give you money for this watch, whatever, let's just say I got a couple three hundred dollars or whatever. If I hand you the money, then then we're even. And it's a fair exchange. It's called Here's your watch back there. It, it's called the Shalom Principle. See, Shalom in the word means, in, in the Hebrew means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing unwhole, right? So when, some, when a Jew comes to you and says, Shalom, it's a, it's a, not just peace to you, but Hopeless, right? So when you realize that, do you do you know that there's nothing in this word, there's not one thing in this word that was given for God's benefit? God didn't send Jesus for his benefit. He sent Jesus for yours and my benefit, right? So when you realize that the way God does business is in the law of fair exchange. 
So why would Jesus say, my father's looking for two worshipers who will worship in the, me in the spirit and in the truth? That's a powerful scripture. But when you go through, there are so many times in this word where you see God wants to be worshipped. And you see where he says, I'm a jealous God. You'll have no other gods before me. And if you want to get God ticked off, just look at what happened when Moses went up on Mount Sinai and the people began to worship strange gods. God wanted to blow them all up. Because, but do you realize that the reason God doesn't want us to worship other things, like, just think about this. If you spend five, ten minutes with God in His Word or worshiping Him, and you spend hours on your smartphone, who's being worshipped? Oh, you say, well, that's too radical. No. Has this smartphone ever paid your bills? Has this smartphone ever had the ability to heal you when you're down? Has this smartphone had the ability to break you out of depression and confusion and fear? Technology has no ability to fix spiritual issues because it's not on that level, see? But when you realize that worship, God comes, what changed my life, and I'm just beginning, what changed my life was this one sentence from God. He told me one day when I was praying, he said, Son, worship is the currency of heaven. Man, it's changed my life forever. And I'm going to take you for just a couple of minutes into that revelation. Now, let me ask you this. Where did Jesus go and what did he do when he said, I have food that you don't know about? The Bible hadn't even been printed then, although the scroll was there, right? But when God, when God rained manna down every day for the children of Israel when they were in, in the desert, what was in the manna that made their eyes not get down? that made them never get sick, that made even their shoes to not wear out. You go, you're crazy. No, I'm telling you, the word says, as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. See, we, we are locked into technology in 2019. Boy, we, we're, we're, ever, we're looking for every kind of new technology that can happen when you realize it. Do you realize that like laser technology, do you realize that when you had a CD, which was now is old technology, that was, the, that was using laser light to record audio. God is light. So when you think about it, you're talking about technology advancement, do you realize how far ahead of us God is? We can't even see him. he's so far ahead of us. But when you realize 
that the closest thing to God's heart is a worshiper. He's looking on the earth. He's looking in, in Nigeria. He's looking in Lagos. He's looking in all of Africa. Where is the one that will worship me? What's in it for us when we worship God? I'm glad you asked. When you realize what this word has to say about worship, first of all, it'll purify your life. It'll cause there to be no strange gods in you. That's what the word says, right? But when you think about it, when Lucifer was in heaven, his job was to create a sound in heaven. There's no example that he could even sing. He played. And the only instrument, class of instrument, I won't get into it with you because we don't have time, but the only instrument that Lucifer couldn't play was the brass because God saved the brass for the announcement of his son because, see, the brass is the signature sound of royalty and it's untarnished in heaven, that sound. But when you realize it, when Lucifer played, it said that the drums were an extension of his being. He, wasn't, he didn't just play the drums, he was the drums. It says the pipes, the woodwinds, were an extension of his being. It says that the timbrel, the rhythms, it says the pipes, it says vials, which were the multi-timbrel instruments, were an extension of his being. So when he played, why did he play it? You ever think about it? Why did God put the highest, create the highest ranking angel, the cherubims, were the highest ranking angel in heaven, and they were the ones that were continually in the presence of God. And God puts in the very highest one the ability to make sounds. You know why? Because sounds are food for spirit. Sound is spiritual food. When you think about it, and boy, I'm telling you, when you get into this, it gets it gets heavy real quick. In an airplane, let me just break for a minute. In an airplane, the higher you go, the thinner the oxygen is. And if you're not pressurized in an airplane, you can only go to about 12,500 and the law is you can't exceed 30 minutes at that altitude because you're depriving your physical body of oxygen, okay? But as you get higher, there are many instances of pilots that lost pressurization. One is one that comes to mind is Payne Weber. He was flying a Lear 35 and he was up at high altitude and he got a, he got a pressurization leak and it was so minute that they didn't pick it up and the gauge failed and what happened all of a sudden he's up there but the oxygen went to zero slowly and he you know he died okay but as you go high in the F-18 ride that I took I had to go into a pressure chamber and they boost the altitude up at 18,000 feet I could write my name at 22,000 feet I can maybe write P-H-I, then I didn't care. Because your brain doesn't have enough oxygen and your body is literally suffocating, right? 
So what the Lord told me was that as the air is that you breathe supports human life, so is sound to spiritual forces. Now think about this. If you wonder why you're dealing with depression, check what's coming into your ears all the time and change it. Put sounds in it that are going to be full of God's presence. Put sounds in it that's going to be full of God's love. It'll change you. It'll, it'll literally starve the depression. You remember when David played the harp before King Saul? He was depressed and said an evil spirit had attached itself to him. Really, if that evil spirit was sent by God himself to torment Saul, in comes David as a shepherd boy. He begins to play the harp. They never say what he played. But you know that David had a heart after God. The word says, God said, he's got a heart after me. So when David walked in to the castle, and there was King Saul vexed, right? And he begins to play. Remember one time, Saul threw a javelin at him. I don't know, I don't know if I'd have stayed around if I'd met David. But David began to play, and the word says this, and the evil spirit departed. You know why? The evil spirit didn't have life support because of the sound that was made that was full of life. See, that's the law. So when you, when you look at worship, in anything with God, it's like one of the covenant establishers with God is the tithe. If you don't tithe, don't expect God to open the windows of heaven in your life because you're breaking the law. It's sort of like me trying to take off stationary. Can't do it. I've got to apply thrust. I've got to put gas in the tank. I've got to get to that law of lift and then take off. See, the covenant, there are covenant connectors with God. When you realize that worship you know that the law of sowing and reaping works in everything in life. If you sow destruction, you're going to reap destruction. If you sow lust, you're going to reap it. If you sow immorality, you're going to reap it. If you sow hatred, you're going to be hated. If you sow whatever you sow, even a man that doesn't know God, that gives to charitable causes, he becomes more wealthy because he's operating the law, right? So when you realize that everything in God works in that law of sowing and reaping, that's the overriding macro law, right? So when you give of your life in worship to God, you have to understand that you operate in law in the spirit that causes God's life energy. If you sow, what is worship? It's putting your life energy in God's direction, right? If you sow of your life energy into God, then you operate, you initiate that law which causes God's life energy, his peace, his, his healing power, his <laughs> everything God represents that's why 
We should never hold anything back when we worship Him. Whether it's in America, very few bow today because we're a proud country. We're a proud people. Let me tell you something. Part of it, when you read in this word, when you bow, you send a signal that you're bowing before someone much greater than you. And you're submitting yourself. But when you worship God and you sow unto God your, your life energy, your love for Him, your desire for His presence, then you invoke that law and God's presence begins to come into you. Let me ask you this. How do you think it is in heaven? I believe that worship is the food that causes heaven to be eternal. Because you see, you read Revelation, you'll find they're worshiping before God all the time. They're worshiping all the time. God's energy, God's life is being released in the atmosphere, in the sounds. That's, that's the law. Well, it's a new day. Don't expect God to do what he did before now because he's new every morning and there are new things that God is doing in the earth and we don't even understand how he's doing them and we need to be expected don't get caught in religion don't get caught in games don't get caught with con preachers that you know they're just out to get your money there's a great verse in the, in the Message Bible that says, Beware of false preachers dripping with practice sincerity. Chances are they're out to rip you off. What you need in your life are men and women who genuinely love God, who can genuinely encourage you, instruct you in the faith, show you how to operate in the high places, to this day, I'm now playing, I'm 71 years old. I've played the trumpet since I was 11. You can do the math. But I still have a trumpet coach. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. There's no such thing as status quo in the spirit. You're either pressing forward or you're losing ground. Be one of the ones that's pressing all the time to get closer to Jesus, to be more powerful in his kingdom, because God's raising up an army in Africa. God is doing a thing that has never been seen, and you can take it to the bank, and you should purpose in your heart to be a part of it. I love you. I wish you the very best. God bless you. Bill Driscoll. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you, we thank you, we glorify your name. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we give you praise and thanksgiving. Take our lives as it is. We surrender to you. We surrender our worship and we surrender our time with you, Lord God. Multiply, Lord God. Be effective in our lives. In your name we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen. Thank you for showing up today, family. 